Hey, welcome back everybody. Jacob O'Connor here, your host. And before we get into this interview, I wanna explain real quick just the significance of this interview, as well as um, Paul Richardson, who is an executive for Gymshark, as well as the significance of that. If you haven't heard of Gymshark, it's a fitness clothing brand, and it was started by Ben Francis back in 2013. So in just about eight years, this went from a tiny operation running out of Ben's house to now this last week, it crossed over to being worth over $1 billion. So this is actually a $1.4 billion brand now. Um, it's just been an amazing journey over the last seven years. But this interview is with one of the Gymshark executives who's been there since you know just about day one helping grow this company. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy and let's get right into it. If, if I've been, you know, how many times I've got back up you know, from being knocked down, being said no to. That's the testament, you know, if you get knocked down 10 times, you get back up 11. It is literally, you know, you just have to keep going and, you know, not giving up on that because if you're gonna give up, you're not gonna be successful in business, you know, and you've got to take adversity, you know, take refusal, take anything like that. But if, you, if that's your goal, you will get there. All right, guys, welcome back to the Venture Mentality Podcast. Today joining us is Paul Richardson, the director of Clade Group LTD and executive chairman at Gymshark. How are you doing, Paul? I'm really good, really good today, thank you. I'm glad that you can join us today. Just to really get into things, um, I know that what you really deal with for the most part in your business life is Gymshark. And, and Gymshark is something that is quite a remarkable business. So if someone were to come to you and say like, what is Gymshark, how would you answer that question? Um, Jim Shaw, that's, that's a really good question. Um, for us, we just see ourselves as a real community-based uh, company uh, that really, really cares for everyone within that community. Um, we are disruptive, that's for certain. And, um, you know, our main thing is about just uniting the conditioning community. Jim Shark really has, like, the culture behind it is what really drew me to it. And with any great organization, like they thrive on being able to form that community. So what advice would you offer to anyone who's either listening, um, listening to this podcast, they want to start their own business, they want to um, even build team leadership camaraderie. What advice would you offer for building that culture? Um, right from the start, they need to get their values right. And they need to be able to continue with those values and stick with them. Um, have a a really good plan and um, but yeah initially it's just deciding you know what their values are what sort of things that they they actually um, want from a company so especially you know with, with younger guys you know what would you want from a company what would you you know see was the the best things and then use those examples yourself so just you know even a little bit more background Paul, how did you kind of get where you are today? Because I think a lot of times we look and whenever we're younger, we have an idea of what we want to be when we grow up, but it just changes so much. What was your career path to get where you are today like? Well, <laughs> how long have you got? <laughs> um, obviously, I'm not sort of um, 
you know, the average age of Gymshock is around 30. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 60, so slightly different. But my, my path has been, my trodden path has gone back through um, waste management and recycling. Um, but I've always been an entrepreneur all the way through my life. I've, I've very rarely worked for anybody. Um, started off with waste management, recycling, and then I moved on after selling one of my large companies. And I wanted to, I had a dream of owning several companies and um, spreading my risk much further because all my sort of eggs were winning one basket at one point. And that was not, uh, not the best thing to do. And I ended up diversifying into um, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, which end of the world you're at, um, into retail, which I wasn't very experienced at, with a company called All Saints, which I owned. Um, and then a few other companies on the peripheral. Um, but that, um, that gave me a great grounding for moving forward rather than just being waste management. Because um, I always remember one day I was sat, um, I was actually in Saint-Tropez on holiday with a friend, with some friends. And there was a guy there who was a little bit older than me. And um, he, he ran um, or owned a, a company that um, sold sort of fish and, and, and you know, prawns and anything to do with seafood. He was one of the guys who brought uh, those fish sticks into the UK. And um, he got a building company. And I sort of said to him, hey, you know, how, how the hell can you go from fish to building? And he said, it doesn't matter. He said, companies are the same. One company's like the next company. It's just different skills. He said, I don't need to lay a brick to be a builder or own a building company. So um, I've used that moving forward. And that's enabled me to apply a lot of the same principles um, in terms of business and the same ethics um, moving forward. So yeah, there's, there's a lot you carry from the past, but I've got a lot of history behind me. So it always seems easier the next time you do something after you've made the mistakes the first time. It's very fascinating. And one of the things that I want to hit on is you talked about All Saints. You got into re retail. What, what, what was it you were selling? So All Saints is, um, I can only put All Saints to be very, very similar to a younger Gymshark. It was very cult at the time. So it was owned by um, a guy called uh, Stuart Trevor. And uh, he was a basic designer who got into business and designing really cool clothes. And um, in the UK, it was, it was quite big and very cultish, way back in about the year 2000. Um, and unfortunately, um, a friend of mine uh, got a franchise from All Saints in the Birmingham area in the UK where I am. And um, All Saints went bankrupt, you know, went into administration, as they call it in the UK. And he was uh, really distraught. He'd, he'd put all his money into it and uh, came to me. And we ended up, I hadn't got any experience in that field, but we, we bought the company. We bought something like, you know, £450,000 worth of stock for £85,000. And then we proceeded then to set up All Saints again. Um, to carry on and uh, we built it up after that to many, many shops. Um, it, you know, my skill set there was more in the finance, uh, banking and leases and things like that where we had Stuart Trevor was still the designer, friend of mine, Mick Dunn, was the, the brains behind it really. He was the managing director and um, yeah, that's where we got All Saints from. 
So as you fast forward, then what is your role now in Gymshark? Is it similar to what you were doing with All Saints or how has it kind of developed? It's, um, it's developed over time. So um, just going back to the, the beginning is I, I met uh, Ben and Lewis, the first the two co-owners, founders of Gymshark back in, back in the uh, end of 2013, met them in a gym in Birmingham. And um, they just come up to me. Apparently, I was known as the business guy, um, and they used to come up to me and ask different questions. And you know, what do we do about this? What do we do about that? And, and eventually, they were asking that many questions. They said to me, you know, we need you to to come and help us. So um, at that stage, I was I was involved in a huge uh, recycling project to recycle the what we call them nappies, but diapers in the US and I uh, was building uh, plants for, for doing that. Uh, so I had a little time, you know, a little time, but they asked me to, to help them, so I gave them one day a month. And then further down, it just got more and more, so I gave them one day a week. And, um, and that's where it sort of started from with them. And initially, it was just advice on how to do something, how they should think. It was a, a bit of a sounding board, because neither Ben nor Lewis had any background in business. Uh, neither of them had, um, uh, you know, any relatives, you know, or father or mother or uncle, uh, or anything that had anything to do with business. So, and whilst they had a very, very good business, they just really didn't know what to do for the next steps, etc. Um, so, there's lots of general advice at that time. But then now, it's it's completely different. Um, one of the things that I talked to them about was that if they wanted to make the business bigger, which they did, um, was they'd have to hire people that were better than them at their specific field. And, and that, that takes some doing because, you know, um, you've got to put your ego to one side and, and think that there's people in the business, you know, that are better designers or are better accountants, better finance, um, better, you know, commercial guys than you. Um, and when you put that together, um, then you can start to build the business. So Steve Hewitt, who's now the CEO, um, you know, really, really good guy, experienced. Um, met him um, when he came to a meeting to talk about a new supplier. They, they were having trouble getting their stock from China. And um, I knew some guys who could get it from Turkey, which was quicker. And Steve came with these guys as their consultant. So I was Ben Lewis consultant and they, uh, he was their consultant, and uh, afterwards I got together with him and said, you know, I, I think you can do some good work with us, and, and he did. Um, so, yeah, moving on, you know, just bringing people to the table for, for them to put together. When you talk about hiring people that are better than you in that specified part of the business or of the niche, I think that's super important. I really want to dive a little bit deeper into that because you're only as strong as your weakest link. And so whenever you, you're looking at a business and you think, oh, well, I would like to oversee marketing and I also like to oversee sales because that's what I've always done building it up. It's got to be so hard to step away and to really stay in your own lane than um, be able to delegate to other people. Oh, for, for absolute certain. Uh, I, I remember uh, asking Ben at one point, you know, what do you want to do with this company? You know, do you want it to be a good lifestyle company? They were driving a couple of sports cars at the time, uh, Audi A8, uh, R8, sorry. And um, 
I said, what do you want to do? You know, what do you want this company to be? And their words to me were as big as Under Armour or bigger. And at that time I thought, wow, you know, wow, there's absolutely no chance of that. Um, but now there's every chance of that. There's every chance. But it's all down to um, bringing the right people in um, with the skill set. But you have to have your ego put to one side and, you know, be proven. Get these guys to prove you wrong. And it can be a combination of people as well. It doesn't have to be someone older. You know, just because you're older doesn't give you the right, you know, to be better than anyone. So it's a com combination of, you know, younger people, older, whichever. Um, doesn't really matter, but bring people in who are better than you for certain. And, you know, that, that's, that's the way it should work. And one good thing about Gymshark, which, which they've got, is that um, the one thing we've done is everyone respects each other equally. So just because I'm older gives me no, no right to be respected. Um, you have to earn your respect up and down. And, and I think that's one of the successes for Gymshark because I've learned so much of the young, you know, guys and girls here. Absolutely every day I learn something. You know, and I, I've been around a little bit. But they, they, they just teach me new things every day, which is great. In your opinion, what is one of the like most effective ways to cultivate and to start to earn other people's respect? Um, best idea wins is one. So no matter who's in that room, you know, whether it's um, a 17 year old exec with no education, you know, has come straight from school to you, you know, no, no university by education, I mean, um, or a seasoned pro from Reebok or, or, you know, Adidas or whoever. It's the best idea wins. And, you know, that's what we, we, we do that here all the time. You know, one of, one of our recent campaigns, which was, um, I'm just trying to think which one it was. Um, I think it was either the NHS that we just did with a sweaty selfie or, or you know, some, anything else we've done. But that came from an exec. Wow, that, that's really cool, actually. And what advice, you know, just even thinking about this and how, you've been able to help them scale. You knew Ben and Lewis from the earlier days of the company to, for anyone listening that might be in that younger age range, you know, 17, 18, 19, and they want to do something similar to what Jim Shark's been able to do. What advice would you give to that person? Um, I would ask them to find someone like a, myself or Steve. Um, I think, you know, not, not, you know, saying you know anything about us you know, myself and steve but we're, we're honest but finding the right person that has your best interest at heart and just talking to them listen to them as much as anything else they're more listening than talking to be fair um and, and that's going to stand you in good stead and that might take a few people you might go through several people to find the right one but find that person and always get always be willing to learn always even moving forward when you start to be successful be willing to learn what is in your opinion the best way to reach out or to find that type of mentor to help you with your business well that's a real difficult one um that's really difficult um i think you've got plenty of um opportunities on things like linkedin and talking to people um looking at some of the larger companies. So one of the companies that, that, that we revere, and we, we I know that Ben is, is very close to Harley at Shopify. 
Um, so looking at some of the companies you admire and approach them, you know, you, you can only people can only say no, and, and, and that will, if they say no outright, that will give you an idea they're not the right person for you. But you know, strike a chord with them. You know, try and find out about them. Try and find out what makes them tick, and you know, just just make approaches. I wouldn't be shy about it at all. That's really great advice. I think that's really what the whole podcast has been precedent on is people can only say no. I mean, if you're able to look back for all the listeners at the trajectory of the podcast with the professional athletes, the co-founders, the the founders, CEOs, the TV personalities and actors that have come on the show, the, the principle that Paul just relayed is that they can only say no is something that too many people are letting them hold back on. The fact that they're afraid of that no rather than just saying, okay, one more no means I'm closer to the next yes. I mean, that's for sure. And I mean, if, if I've been, you know, how many times I've got back up, you know, from being knocked down, being said no to, that's the testament. You know, if you get knocked down 10 times, you get back up 11. It is literally, you know, you just have to keep going and, you know, not giving up on that. Because if you're going to give up, you're not going to be successful in business, you know, and you've got to take adversity, you know, take refusal, take anything like that. But if, you, if that's your goal, you will get there. I completely agree. And I know that those are all really kind of related to like the mental side of things. So what do you do to like get your, your mindset right and put yourself in that optimal position to overcome that adversity or to reach for the next goal and to keep striving? To me, I'm, I'm always positive. I always see the glass half full. I'm always, um, because I just know that if this thing doesn't work, then the next thing will, or if it's not that, the, the, the next thing after that will work. Always be positive. And I, I get that from many ways. I mean, my lifting is one of my big things. That's my meditation. You know, I don't do the sort of sitting in a room, in a quiet, dark room. Um, you know, for me, it's, you know, my lifting really straightens my head up. Um, it gives me focus. Um, when you're lifting, you know, um, I always think it's a good measure of business because you, know, you go for that PB, you don't get it. What do you do? Give up. No, no. You have to do a bit more training, work harder, eat right, you know, do everything you've got to do and then go and lift again. So if you want to, you know, if you're doing bodybuilding, you want to build that, that super physique to compete, you know, it's not going to go right, but you're not going to give up. So it's the same principles, you know. Um, if you're someone who gives up, you, you are not going to be successful in business, especially on the lonely road with an entrepreneur, because it can be lonely. You know, it's, it's a lonely route sometimes, and there's only you to think about things. You know, there's only you, you know, if you've got people that you've hired um, to pay their salaries or pay their wages. It, it all comes back to you. So what have, how have you been able to see Gymshark include that mental wellness and that mental strength aspect into what it is that they're doing? Um, over time, so our, one of our worst times, our biggest sort of hits was, I think it was 2015, um, Black Friday, which we have two, two, generally two very big parts of the year, but we did do, not so much now, was Black Friday and our summer sale. And uh, Black Friday, 2015, I think, you know, everyone was like, yeah, we're going to smash this out of the park. Yeah, we've got everything covered. Are we all right for this? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. And basically, we got complacent. And um, I think our website crashed. And we didn't even have a holding patch. 
we didn't have a holding page ready so because we were so blase that we just don't fail and that taught us one huge huge lesson you know to to be ready to have a plan um have a backup plan have a plan b whatever you want to call it but we we just didn't and that was a real big lesson for us in but we got back up and then the next year we absolutely smashed it with military precision to put it into operation and in fact um I think that year, uh, I think it's about 2016, we went from sort of 13 million um, turnover pounds to 41. So, you know, a triple sort of leap. Jeez, that's huge. And that's, that's an amazing testament of, like you said earlier, getting knocked down and getting back up the next time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the best things that happened to us. And um, what I, the little saying that I've got is success is a poor teacher. You know, if you're always successful, you only ever look at how good you did. So one of the things that we also do now is even if we smash it out of the park, we actually sit there and go, okay, what could we have done better? What would be, you know, what would have made it even better with a better experience? Or it might not necessarily be about, you know, the money. It could be just other things. Yeah, we achieved great, you know, great things. We had massive sales over Black Friday, but people had to wait two or three weeks for their product. So, you know, you have to re-examine it. So, you know, complacency, just don't, don't go there. That evaluation and that reflection, if you're, that, that's when it's the best time for you to be brutally honest with yourself. Because like you were saying, it's so easy to see all the little successes or the big successes even that you've had and to just get complacent with it. But whenever you sit back and you reflect and you genuinely ask yourself, what is it that I can do better? Like, I can only imagine how much of a difference that must have made for you guys. Absolutely, all the time. Um, and you can see from where we are, you know, we've gone on to, you know, great success in terms of turnover. We've won award after award. In fact, we get a little bit bored by it, to be honest. You know, we're, we're not fond of the, of the spotlight. You know, it's just not what we're built, built for. Um, but you can't, you know, you can get really carried away with all that success. And then, and then you will have something trip you up and you won't be ready for it. So for us now, it's it's about always looking, always be positive. I mean, it sort of sounds like I've contradicted myself from earlier, but it's always be positive. You have to look on that positive side, but you know, you need to know if something does go wrong, what are you going to do about it quickly? What's your, what's your, what's your plan? What's your cover? Whatever it might be. I love that. And so Paul, as we start to close things up here, if people want to learn about you or reach out, where should they find you? Um, my, my email address is on the website. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and it's even got my phone number on there. But um, I mean, just, just p.richardson, gymsharp.com. Um, I try and answer everything. I'm not one of the most popular, to be fair. Ben has far more than me, but so it should be. You know, if I was getting far more, it be, would be really worried. But I always try and help where I possibly can. You know, I get a lot of... Um, uh, Instagram um, sort of requests and DMs, you know, about um, athletes and, and anything else. And I'll always try and pass them to the right people and then get them to deal with it. Um, I like to give honest answers. I don't like to sort of keep people hanging around or, you know, not answering just because it's me. Um, I will always get an answer when I possibly can. It might not be the answer they want to hear, by the way. Um, but I think you should always, you know, have some respect and give an answer. And again, for me, I like to treat people the way I like to be treated. 
That's amazing. That that really is such a, a good principle too, because a lot of people will kind of dabble around the truth or their actual answer because they don't want to hurt someone else's feelings. But it's more of it's better for them to learn from that as well as more of a respect for that person's time too. Oh, I I agree. You know, if um, I'm, I'm not saying you need to be brutally brutally honest and hurt someone's feelings, but you know, sometimes you have to say, you know, is this really the right thing for you? You know, I mean, you know, if you want to be, you know, an influencer or an athlete, you know, this there's a lot of hard work to go into it. You know, you need to know that. So speak to the right people. Or, you know, I've met people before who, who have a business idea that, you know, I, I just say to them, look, I'm just not sure this is going to go for you. But, like, you know, if you want to move it on, really, really try but get prepared. Um, but again, I always use that thing. If you get yourself knocked down, get back up again. The next one's there. Sweet. And so as we close things up, I have one last question for you, Paul. But first, a little bit of background. So when you die, the only thing that matters is the difference that you made and the impact that you had. So that being said, what difference or what impact are you looking to make? I'd like to be remembered for helping people. Um, I think, you know, giving my time to people. So um, I'm not a big, um, you know, funder of charity. Um, what I do like to do is give my time. Time is the only thing you'll never get any more of. You can't buy any more time, doesn't matter how rich you are. So for me, you know, um, you know, I do something with the homeless in the local area in Birmingham where I stand with them and, you know, we give out food and we give out clothes and, you know, all my old clothes go there. And I'd much rather give that sort of time because I just think it's, it's too valuable. You know, if, you were, if you're on your deathbed and could spend a million pounds on another hour of your money, I'm sure you probably would. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's giving people some time where I possibly can would be the thing I'd like to be remembered by.